0: Welcome to Those Two Mums. We are your hosts, Rochelle and Maddie. We are just two regular girls
1: winging our way through parenthood, our relationship and life in general. Each week, we will be bringing you conversations that we feel just aren't spoken about enough, including IVF, pregnancy, parenthood, relationships, as well as shedding some light on the LGBTQ community. We will be the ones to normalize those tough
0: and awkward topics and we hope that our conversations help you to feel seen, heard and more understood. No fussing, let's get into it. Hello Maddie. Hey Rochelle. Happy Tuesday everyone. If you're new to this podcast, I sit down every week and co-host this podcast with my fiance Maddie and if you want to know the inner workings of a two-female relationship then keep listening to today's episode. We delve deep into and confirm or deny any and all lesbian stereotypes and myths like do two females have more satisfying sex or are there less conflicts in our household compared to you and your male significant other? You might be surprised by our answer. Also, in today's episode, we kind of unexpected, actually very unexpectedly, Let you all in on something that we had never spoken about before this episode. You'll hear the rawness and honesty in our voices as we both kind of realize how each other feel about a particular topic. Remember, also, these are all our opinions, our experiences, and they don't represent all queer relationships. And honestly, come and call us out if you're in a relationship and it's totally not what we say ours is because we're nosy and we'd love to know how you guys do things (laughs) compared to us. Enough of me talking. Maddie, hello, you are here at this episode as well.
1: (laughs) Yeah, i just like to let you do the introductions because I'll probably stutter and say the wrong things and I forget what we talk about half the time. So, (laughs) Well, one thing that you're good at is
0: success disasters, so take it away, my love.
1: All right, let's go. So the other night you were on night shift, Rochelle.
0: Yeah, don't remind
1: me. It's not so bad because Rashawn only leaves roughly when Macklin goes down and I get time. Or to myself, it's bliss. Do I do miss you, but I do like my bliss own time. And long story short, I woke up approximately at 2am when you're on night shift and I woke up to the sound of our printer printing a piece of paper. I shit you not, I sat up and I listened to that whole thing print. My eyes were wide and they were dry because I did not blink for that whole time. And basically, I shat my pants. I built up the courage for about 10 minutes to go and explore the house, make sure there was no burglars printing off how they're going to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> and I was too scared to open the cupboard because it would have woke Macklin. So a step-by-step guide printing in the, yeah. their own house of how to kill them. Enter the room, you use a <laughs> pillow, smother Maddie, innocently sleeping.
0: First, scare the shit out of them and get them off <laughs> guard by printing out these instructions.
1: But I can, honest to God, hand on my heart, I swear to God, the printer printed something. Woke up the next morning after I finally got to sleep, explored the house, no burglars. All, all the coast was clear. Lights let from two till six when I woke up. Checked. The first thing I did was check the printer. There was nothing printed. Surprise, everybody was probably saying. But I can, honest to God, I can hear it as clear as day and I sat up and listened to it and I did not shut my eyes and doze back off and wake up and say, what the hell? I was awake for the whole thing. Not only did the printer not print something, our printer
0: stays switched off at the PowerPoint until we actually need to use it because electricity, you guys know, expensive (laughs) anyway, (laughs) but the printer couldn't have even had some weird little malfunction or some little update or anything. It was switched off at the switch. So, Maddie, you were definitely dreaming. I reiterate, I've told you this.
1: It wasn't. I was awake the whole time. And do you know what? The fact that the switch was off just makes it that little bit more scary, okay? So, back up. That was my disaster because that was horrible. Yeah, stuff that. I'm not great at night time. So, what's more horrible is no one believes me. So, moving on to something more more pleasant is I've been I purchased a treadmill love it going to town on it having the best time however my knobbly knees are getting sore I'm 30 gone on 80 and Rochelle found this TikTok and it said running backwards and walking backwards and doing certain exercises can help I got on the treadmill I went backwards I have no pain I've built up those muscles and now I can run forwards and backwards and I am pain-free. So that is success.
0: That is a big success because you complain about your possible you think you've got Arthur and I hear about it when you run on the treadmill constantly.
1: Well, I have family history, I have you know, so <laughs> the possibilities are still there for Arthur. So don't disregard him.
0: <laughs> Arthur is arthritis for anyone listening <laughs> who has no clue what we're talking about. But no, it works those like in our inner thigh muscles that are like on the inside of your knee and they go up. So walking backwards helps build up them. So that's
1: why you've got knee pain, because they're weak, not because you've got arthritis.
0: Or you're both, whatever. A bit
1: of both. So anyways, I am pain-free, running forwards
0: and backwards. I swear we get on this podcast almost every week and we say our life is chaotic. Guys, our life is chaotic. We love it. Busy is good. We apparently thrive on it. We could write a whole book about what we've done in a mere four years together, but last week was one of the biggest weeks of our life. We are currently house hunting and, you know, putting offers in and anyone who's kind of done the real estate game, it's a lot. We own the place that we're in at the moment. Like we don't own it. The bank owns it, but of whatever, <laughs> but we've done the real estate game before, but this is just so difficult. And you get really emotionally invested in places and you can picture yourself and your little family running around the backyard. And we just had our hearts kind of set on this place. We really liked the location. Anyway, we didn't get the house and it just kind of sucks because you put a lot of emotion into it and then you kind of lose it and then you have to build it back up to
1: find something new that you love. Anyway, yeah, that was a bit of a wet rag slap to the face, wasn't it? It was yuck. It was yuck. It wasn't pleasant and that was very upsetting. And we could picture, I think the main part was we could picture our daughter. We could picture our family growing up there and it felt safe. Neighborhood felt good. The neighbors were nice. We already knew a few people that lived in that area. So it would have been amazing because I grew up with fucking shit neighbors. Okay. And I know there's a few out there that can relate to this because shit neighbors is downright. Shit childhood. No, (laughs) (laughs) shit. Basically, turn the music down at 12. P.M., not A.M. You've got to turn your music down at midday even. <laughs> so there is some neighbours that really make your living standards crap. And because we knew that the neighbours were going to be good and the street was nice, that was my selling point because mm. I refused to let our kids grow up with horrible neighbours that won't bake us muffins and croissants and bring us over slices and all the things. But
0: onwards and upwards from there, because the next house inspection that we walk into, I'm going to be wearing... My Crocs. Yes, (laughs) everyone. I got Crocs. Maddie got Crocs. Macklin, our one-year-old daughter, got Crocs. They're so tiny. They're so cute. We got Crocs. I wear them the most out of anyone in the family. Thank you so much, dearly, to Maddie's brother and our brother-in-law. We love them both so much. They got us matching family Crocs. I've been wanting a pair for so freaking long. I have not taken them off since the day that we opened the gift. It was like a gift for Macklin's first birthday and we reaped the benefits. Don't lie to everyone. You wore them to bed last night. (laughs) (laughs) Just Crocs. Nothing else. (laughs) I'm kidding. But I'm obsessed and that is my success. I'm rocking these Crocs. I'm bringing them back. They're comfy af and I'm a
1: happy girl. So house schmouse, I've got Crocs. You didn't say success as a whisper for one, so you're nearly disqualified from this. Did I yell it? You yelled it. I'm so it.
0: excited about my crocs. Go on. Success. Thank you. <laughs> we will get into today's episode. Enough of us talking shit because we're about to talk 40 minutes of more shit. So enjoy our talking shit. We hope you really love this episode. It's not all just banter. There is some really valuable stuff in there, and as I said before, Maddie and I get unexpectedly really deep and it's kind of like a therapy session for the both of us in our relationship and it's kind of really cool to listen back on and yeah we just hope you enjoy it because we really opened up in this one. I love you guys all so much enjoy. On today's episode we are talking about all things to do with lesbian stereotypes, myths, misconceptions and we are going to be debunking them. We reached out to you guys and we asked you What are some common stereotypes or misconceptions or things that you think about lesbians? And from our perspective, we want to tell you whether they're true or not. And we want to spill the tea, get the facts. And there's some really saucy ones in there. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Okay, so let's rip into the first one. Before we do, Mm -hmm. quick question.
1: Okay, (laughs) I'm scared. (laughs) (laughs) Debunking. You mentioned that earlier on and I'm stuck on it. I'm not sure whether I even listened to your intro <laughs> because my brain was trying to work out what debunking meant. You don't know what debunking is? I don't think I've ever heard that word before.
0: Oh, it's like squish squash, like you squishy squashy it, like you're, like a myth, you know, Mythbusters, a show, but like yeah. you myth bust it, crack it open and get to the crux of it. All right, let's get to I the th- crack. I think, I think, I think. <laughs> <laughs> You know, when you know words and you know how to use them in a sentence, but when someone asks you to explain it, the only explanation word that comes to mind is that word. Mm. You know what I mean? Right. Well, I'm glad you chucked it in there. Let's, <laughs> let's let's debunk it. Let's go. Okay. The first one. Lesbian women
1: must fancy every other woman that they see. Okay. So I used to be a dental nurse. I worked in a clinic with about 30 odd dental nurses and... I, at the time, was the only gay or known gay. Yeah, the only only (laughs) one that people knew about. (laughs) And this bisexual ended up coming onto the team and one of the dental nurses was like, oh, Mads, Mads, she's bisexual. Are you interested? Like, she goes that way. And it was kind of like she was excited to tell me, thinking that because she was bisexual or went that way, that I'd be interested just naturally because Mm -hmm. we shared that same interest. Mm Mm-hmm. It's basically like saying to all the straight people, you're
0: interested in every other straight person that walks through your work doors because they're straight. You you have a similar interest. You ha- you're you the same sexuality. So what, like you like them, right? Nah, <laughs> We're humans as well. We're normal people too. We have likes and dislikes and types. So <laughs> no, we don't like every other lesbian in the world. I mean, we do. We love all the lesbians, but we don't want to date them. <laughs> <laughs> so we must not fancy every other woman we see and that kind of leads into another one that someone sent in you all know each other which is for any of the queers out there listening is so, like very similar so common it's like oh my friends cousins brothers arnie is gay like you know her right like she lives uh, in like four states away from you and you're like oh oh yeah Auntie Karen, I know her, (laughs) duh. We have this like secret underground world where all lesbians know each (laughs) other. She called me last (laughs) night, actually. (laughs) Paz. Isn't it funny how people kind of just assume that you know other gay people? But on the flip side to that, like, we also do kind of know a lot of gay people. So it can be a fair enough assumption but we don't know all the gays. We are not no. that good.
1: Well, naturally, gays merge with gays and we all become friends and they're friends. In the same friends. area, yeah. yeah. So the, we all link to a degree and know of people. Well, that's it. I
0: guess the likelihood of you knowing of them is probably like kind of likely. As for Karen, four states away, I'm not <laughs> sure. <I don't> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know, Kaz, but I would love to meet you, Kaz. <laughs> Hit us out <laughs> All right, the next one, which we got a lot of, and I kind of didn't really think that this was a a myth or a misconception or whatever, but now that I think about it, I guess, yeah, I understand why people might have this misconception, and it is, all couples are a butch-femme pairing. So basically saying that all lesbian couples have one, like, butch or more masculine kind of partner, and the other one is more femme-presenting. One wears the pants
1: and one doesn't type thing, like literally wears the pants and the other one's wearing a skirt. (laughs) (laughs) Literally. Look, that is is the case in some relationships, but not all. Like it's not a a written rule. Like you and I both can, we both go out and rock some dresses or we both go out and rock the jeans. Like it's not you look this way and I'll look this way. There's no set rules. Mm. I guess it's just personal preference. There is plenty of lesbian or whatever couples out there that wear whatever they want to wear and one might look more mask or wear more mask than the other. I will admit we do know quite a lot of lesbian couples and there is
0: like a you know that more masculine presenting and more feminine presenting pairing so I would say it is a a fair assumption but definitely not a true assumption like that is not a true representation of all lesbian couples because they look like all different shapes and sizes, just like any straight couple, you know. We're attracted to different things. So yeah, maybe some femmes are attracted to some more masculine looking and vice versa, and that might be a relatively common pairing, but there are also many other pairings of lesbians, (laughs) just like earrings. (laughs) Rochelle held her heart when she said that. That was very cute. (laughs) That also kind of flows into another really kind of common one that we got a lot was people kind of being like angry about that there's always a more manly one in the relationship.
1: Oh, fuck. I thought that's what you asked initially. That's what I was responding to. No. Well, yes, but no. It's quite similar to the question. I,
0: I we I actually get it quite a lot. I don't know if you get it as well, like when you're not with me, but a lot of people ask who wears the pants in the relationship. And I think that's a really common question in a, in a lesbian relationship. Depends what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you have like a fun answer that you give
1: someone? It's like, ooh, none of us wear pants. Ooh, ooh sexy. No, I am normally blame the weather. I'm like, is it raining? Or I'll probably be wearing the pants today. It's <laughs> <laughs> Just like a, um, a kind of, that's a silly answer for a silly question. It's just like a, there's no real pointing fingers at anyone in this relationship for us personally either. Yeah, I think we've touched on this on
0: a previous episode, but essentially like we have roles in our relationship. And yeah, like Maddie may enjoy mowing the lawn and I don't, but that doesn't necessarily mean that she wears the pants because then... Like on the flip side, I do all the bills and the the paperwork and the accounting and stuff in our house and Mads does, you know, a lot of the, the cleaning and the housekeeping and stuff. So, yeah, we have defined kind of roles in a way, but no no one wears the pants more than the other. I wear pants when I wear the lawn. <laughs> <laughs> Can you not? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> okay, moving on. I love this one. Someone has said, common misconception about lesbians they drive Subarus. Do they target you? Can confirm I drive a Subaru. <laughs> <laughs> Was that a targeted question? Surely. No, I don't think so. but I think a lot of lesbians drive Subarus.
1: It's a It's a real good car. <laughs> <laughs> what All lesbians have to drive real good cars. What? This is new to me, and this is the first I heard of it. If I saw a Subaru drive past, I wouldn't be looking in the windows going, oh, I might be a lesbian in there. Or,
0: <laughs> I'm only saying this because I drive a Subaru. So I'm like, yeah, of course, that applies to me. I'm a lesbian. I drive a Subaru. But no, <laughs> like, duh, not all lesbians drive Subarus. <laughs> I think
1: that's a targeted question. It has to be.
0: No, they don't know me. It's someone that I have no idea who they are. That is an actual thing. You're taking the kiss. <laughs> Do you have you heard the
1: saying "lesbian Lancer"? No.
0: A lot of lesbians drive Lancers.
1: Am I even feel lesbian <laughs> right now? I feel very no, straight over here. Go out
0: in your fucking Suzuki and go get me the groceries. I'm kidding. <laughs> Who said Suzukis aren't lesbian driven? <laughs> you can start a thing. Lesbian everyone, lesbians drive Suzuki. So if you're Suzuki and you're straight, quick sell so your car. <laughs> All right, this one. I think this one's a pretty well-known fact, but we're going to confirm it from our perspective and from you know a lot of we have a lot of lesbian friends. They move in together
1: quickly. Oh my golly gosh, that's guilty as anything. The old U-Haul. We did that really. Well, didn't we? I think we moved in. I think I moved in with Rochelle before she would even say that she was my partner. So that's how you hauled we got. (laughs) We got really you hauled. You
0: actually, though, you refused to leave your toothbrush at my house until I called you my girlfriend.
1: Yeah, because standards.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you respected yourself enough to do that. But it is very true. We do move quite quickly. And we also chatted about this last week with Nick and Jack but I don't know it's just a if you know you know we're ready we have a lot of fun together we're not you know I don't know from our experience majority of our friends and us move in together
1: really quickly lesbian u-haul is a real thing I just feel like the the love is felt from the depths this is from my personal experience like this love feels real this love feels forever we're moving in we're getting married we're having kids we spoke about marriage even like one month this is before you even called me your girlfriend. You mentioned you dropped the marriage bomb in there somewhere in the conversation. <laughs> I was I drunk? No. you were sober. <laughs> Head over heels for me, obviously. Oh, obviously. <laughs> but I heard that and I was like, okay, I'll move in and I'll wait to get that label. But <laughs> we're not labeling everyone out there.
0: But we're yes, lesbians bring your removalist truck to their second
1: date. <laughs> <laughs> There's no shame in it. It's just confidence. Confidence is key. This one is a little bit related to
0: being a mum in a same-sex couple, which is the only question that we have, like, you know, that is kind of parent-specific. Do one of you feel as though you are more mum than the other one? And I'm going to be really honest and truthful, and my answer is yes. What? Mm. I, I feel... I kind of feel sometimes that you know Maddie is more the mum because she is was well, she birthed Macklin our daughter and she like you breastfed and you had that kind of connection you had all the maternity leave I returned back to work um, yeah so I just I do have feelings of feeling like you're more kind of the mum uh, particularly in the early days I felt like a bit of a fraud which is probably the best way that I could describe
1: it. That hurts my heart. <laughs>
0: no, it's not to hurt your heart and it's not to hurt anyone's heart. I think
1: it's just the reality of it. Yeah, I guess it's like I felt there was stuff that was missing on my end. Being in a same-sex relationship and having a child, I think we're doing reciprocal like we did was the best way to feel that connection from most angles that we could. And when I look at Macklin, I can't sit there and look at features of hers and say they're mine either, because that was your embryo. So it's one of those ones where I'm like, okay, that's missing, but also I breastfed and carried her. And that's where I feel and find my connection when I can't look for those features about me in her either. So it's one of those ones where I'm like, oh, this, but also that, like, I kind of just try to keep that balance going to feel that we're in this 50-50 to a degree. Oh, it keeps me balanced. I don't know if that made sense. Yeah. But
0: I guess, I'm just assuming this, so please correct me on air if I'm wrong, but do you kind of always just feel like, you know, you're her mom? Like you've never had that sense of like, because you you birthed her and you breastfed her and you had that connection, you had those, you know, 10 months off with her and you kind of were that person for her. And I was the one that, you know, went back to work and I did that, that typical, like if you're talking about a straight relationship, that typical dad thing. Mm. So... I would kind of presume that you never really had a feeling of not feeling like her mum or
1: feeling like a a fraud. Never felt like a fraud or not her mum. Yeah. That's a bold, bold statement. Like I don't think I would ever – I don't think I would – I don't think I've felt like that. Yeah. I think – It's not that I
0: haven't not felt like her mum. I've just felt like this question is asking if the other one has felt more of a mum. And I I do sometimes feel like, particularly when you were breastfeeding – and when you were at home with her and I had to go back to work, that you were like more of the mum in that sense. Because I would be at work and I'd be like, oh, you know, I have a four-month-old daughter and my patients would ask me, well, why are you not at home with her? And I would be like, well, because my wife is at home with her because my wife birthed her and my wife – you're not my wife, but that, you know, that's what i say. This is easier because, uh, whatever, we've already gone through this conversation. <laughs> and so then I was kind of always portrayed, I guess, Or maybe I put that on myself, but I felt like other people then betrayed me as, you know, the other parent, which I am. And that's totally fine. But in those moments, it can make you feel like the other mum slash not as much of the mum,
1: if that makes sense. It does make sense. I hope everyone's just staying true and listening to us like debrief about our life (laughs) because this is the first we spoke about it. And we
0: really flipped a switch. We got real deep, real quick from our banter like five
1: minutes ago. Now i just riding this roller coaster with us, <laughs> sorry guys. No, I totally understand where you're coming from. I get it. Um, I guess, like I said, there's pros and cons to our situation, and I have felt a bit of a disconnection to a degree. Like when I'm carrying my first child, say, in my like there's a human inside my belly growing, and I can't sit it going. Ah. Oh, I wonder if she's going to get this, this, and this of mine. Then I think that's what I struggled with the most. She's got your attitude, girl. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah. She's sassy. She's got a short fuse. And I'm sorry, Rochelle It's only two of us now in the house. Oh, but that's okay. I'd, I I will teach you how to simmer and get into those emotions and move on from. You can both go to the timeout court. I'm kidding. I'm kidding, guys. I'm kidding. <laughs> she sends me there all the time. I don't even know what the question was. What was the question? Now that we've gone so deep into this conversation and our It was, do you feel as though one of you is more mum
0: than the other? And mum is in quotation marks. So yeah, long story yep. short, yes. Yes, I do. Yep. I, I agree. All right. Something I would like to know as a couple, both female, are you both way more understanding of each other emotionally? And to piggyback off that, someone has also said less arguments and conflict cause the male species with <laughs> the melting
1: faces. I, second one, I think there's more tension and emotions in the air because your periods sync up because you live in the same household. There's just, we go through so many hormones as females, like up and down all over the place. Like we're just chaotic species mm-hmm. and that makes it challenging, especially being with two emotional up and down sporadic species it does cause a bit of banter and arguments here and there but nothing that we can't connect and understand on a level to make it simmer quickly and not just think we're going batshit crazy
0: yeah we can't speak from a straight relationship experience because we've not ever been both in an adult um, heterosexual relationship where you know you are married or you have kids or you have a house together or you've got financial decisions to make together, they're really, really big life choices. And so we've only ever kind of been and made those decisions with each other as a gay couple. And I think I really take my hat off to us because, and I know a lot of other lesbian couples are the same, and this isn't saying that straight couples aren't like this. We just, we can't speak from that perspective. But we do talk about a lot of stuff. We do grow a lot as a couple because if we do have a conflict or a disagreement or an argument, we then go on and we say, well, how can we make things better? And how can I make you feel more appreciated as a partner and and vice versa? So I think we grow a lot post arguments and conflicts. Speaking to friends in straight relationships, I think they tend to have a, a bit of resentment towards their husbands maybe for not picking up the slack again this is just from you know what we've heard for you know not being able to understand them emotionally on that level for you know not kind of picking up on their cues for maybe not yeah helping around the house as much etc etc whereas I feel like we do that really well we we pick up the slack we we understand each other yeah on that deeper level so I think definitely definitely Two females are bound to kind of understand each other on a deeper emotional level. You know, if I've got my period, Maddie will just go and heat me up a heat pack and get me some Panadol because she just knows. And I guess husbands can maybe also do that, but maybe they just don't,
1: it's not in the forefront of their mind. I'm not sure. Well, they haven't felt that pain or don't know what it's like to experience it. So I think the level of understanding can go unsaid with (laughs) things like periods and whatnot because... You're like, oh, fuck, that does hurt when that happens or whatever. And you can relate to each other, which has that sense of connection there. It also means that I can't get away with as much as I'd (laughs) like to because I can't milk these things. (laughs) Because Rochelle has been there and done that as well. (laughs) So I can't play my violin sadly for as long as I want to. (laughs) Or I like, bitch, it doesn't hurt that bad.
0: (laughs) I'm kidding. But we're like little besties. Like we can sit on the couch and we do eye masks together
1: and it's lots of fun. But you do have some friends. Actually, I don't have any male friends like this, but you have some male friends, one that you work with. Mm. And he is, like, literally I said to you the other day, I was like, he's literally, if I had to be straight he's like one of those dudes that just has that emotion. If you had to, if you know someone was like, this is a life or death situation. All right, I pick him. (laughs) No, but he has, he's just sweet and he sounds like he's in touch and he's like curious about things and wants to help and he's just so proactive. I'm like He's gay. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. We love him. <laughs> <laughs> no, I find it really yeah. sweet. And that's, yeah. this is where that banter comes in with me and you talking about, are you gay or bi or whatever? Because I'm like, no, there's males like that, that are out there that have potential. I don't know. No, yeah, I absolutely totally agree. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. What's the next one? Saucy. Juicy, let's go. All right.
0: Someone has said, stop comparing lesbian sex to what you see on porn. It is so much better than that. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I love
1: this so much. I mean. That's with all porn though. Like yeah. people see it and I think porn is the most aggressive way to do things and teach people that are wanting to get some hot tips and they go out there and just really fuck <laughs> shit up. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: I haven't watched a enormous amount of lesbian porn. Oh, I hope our parents are listening to this. I haven't watched an enormous amount of lesbian porn in my lifetime, but the ones I have, they have really long fake nails, and I just scissor hands. Don't see how it's overly practical. Mm. So that's all I'm going to leave that at. Someone's also asked, or kind of sent in, lesbians have more satisfying sex as they are more understanding of a female anatomy. I think I have to agree with this one. I I have, you know, we've had a lot of straight girls say like, you know, they just, the, the guys just don't know what's, what feels good. And of course you have to be open and you have to have those conversations and you have to say that feels good. But I do think that women are more in tune with their bodies and, you know, we kind of know what feels good on us. So then we're more inclined to do that to our partner because, and make sure that it feels good on them too. But yeah, I definitely think we are more in tune with our bodies and thus in tune with our female partner's bodies to make them feel good.
1: Mostly said. I don't think I'd have any input over here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to stuff that one up. You're like, yeah, yeah, she knows what I like, whatever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, and one of the most asked questions,
1: do lesbians actually scissor? We had this conversation with Nick and Jack last week and... I was quietly going along with the conversation. I wasn't being true to myself and I walked away from that conversation and I thought hard about it and I regretted my input and I'm not sure if you're on the same page as me, but after some thought, I was going to just be honest and I'm going to just snip. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I just don't
0: think it's, it's a bit of an ab workout. Don't get a lot from it but you burn calories. This is great. Like I just, I don't think it's practical along with the scissor hands. I don't think it's practical. Oh. And I think a lot of people feel that way. However, there are some people on your side, Maddie, don't worry. We've had a fair few people send in people who say
1: lesbians don't really scissor. Yes, we do. So there are people on your team. And Now I'm sitting here thinking that I have to change my game because Rachel <laughs> doesn't actually like it. So <laughs> I think it's just a bit of a lols, like it's a bit of fun. You got to you know have a bit of fun in the
0: bedroom but I just I don't think it's something that is sustainable I don't think it is my go-to and I don't really think it's as incredible as
1: again porn makes it out to be or as Maddie feels (laughs) it's okay babe that's all right there's other things we can do (laughs) (laughs) good thank Christ I'm not even gonna try like that's not even gonna come into our sheets anymore (laughs) because it'll just be a a sick joke and wreck the moment if I try. (laughs) (laughs) I just, yeah, there's a lot of opinions on it, but. Each
0: to their own. Each to their own. I think. We've got differences. We're not all perfect. (laughs) (laughs) I think more often than not, scissoring is not a thing in lesbian relationships, but for the bunch of people out there that said it is, and for Maddie, there are, you know, women out here there who like it and enjoy it and do like to do it. So set off the table.
1: No, don't put it off the table if you don't want to. Leave it on. Yeah, you do what's best for you. Well, I hope you have learned a little bit from our episode. I think I surely have because apparently I'm not a lesbian because I drive Suzuki and Rochelle doesn't like to scissor with me. So <laughs> I hope you took away something from this episode as well as I. We'll chat with you all next week when we'll uh, give you something new to think about. <laughs> I love you. Bye. Bye.
0: Thank you all so much for listening today. If you'd like to connect with us and stay up to date with our day-to-day life as well as future episodes, you can do so on our socials at mums. We absolutely love bringing you these conversations each week. So if you love it too, please subscribe and leave us a review. Chat to you all next week. Bye.